All right, so welcome, welcome everybody to this uh, new episode of the Coffee Breakdown podcast. I'm Luca, and I'm really honored to have uh, here as a guest uh, uh, Dan Bull, who is a PhD student at uh, uh, TU Eindhoven. And he's working on very interesting project uh, related with uh, LSCAT and a new type of uh, platform from sharing, for sharing data. And this is the topic of uh, today's episode. And uh, I also would like, uh, well, first of all, to thank you, Dan, and also to say that uh, this uh, is the second episode on LSCAT that we have in this podcast. The first episode is uh, together with uh, uh, Professor Jacob Stevens. So if you haven't seen that, and if you want a bit more background information on what is LSCAT and so on, so you can also check that video and maybe I'll put the link in the description. So thank you, Dan, for your time, actually, and for your interest and for accepting the invitation. Well, thank you for such kind, uh, kind words, Luca. I think I am the one who is honored to be here, but, uh, but okay. <laughs> um, I think this, this can be very fun. Yes. So, um, first of all, I, I really don't want to repeat a lot of things on LSCAT and so on, right? Uh, uh, a lot of people watching this video think they know, otherwise they can watch the previous video. Yeah. Uh, but uh, let me ask you, like, uh, first, uh, actually, let's start from introducing yourself. So what, uh, what do you do and so on? What is your project about? Uh, what do you like doing in general? Yes, yeah, so um, I'm a PhD student, as you already told, at Eindhoven University of Technology. I work with, uh, with Jan van Dijk. He's my supervisor. Um, that's also where I did my master project. So during my studies, I did two master degrees, one in applied physics, specifically plasma physics, um, and one in data science. And I think that all of the projects that I've done are always on this sort of edge between plasma physics and, and data science. Um, and that's actually also how I ended up here, right? In essentially data management for low temperature plasma physics. Okay. So data science, uh, you studied uh, uh, which type of topics or which courses uh, did you attend? Uh... Ah, okay. So it's, it's very broad, of course. When I say data yeah. science, usually people yeah, exactly. maybe think of, of machine learning or deep yeah, learning exactly, because exactly. of the hot topics. So yes, I also did machine learning and deep learning, but uh, databases, for example, is also yeah. uh, a big topic in, uh, in, in, uh, in data science, right? And also yeah. more generally, I mean, data modeling, for example, structuring your data. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's it's a bigger field than just machine learning, but I, I did okay. a bit of everything. <laughs> okay, okay, that's very cool. And you did the double master, you said, right? Yes, uh, yes, yeah. Oh, that's uh, interesting. Okay, because these are things, uh, this kind of cross-pollination is not very common, at least in plasma community, one tends to specialize on, you know, plasma physics, but mm -hmm. not have this other, uh, you know, part of the world. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, okay, very, very interesting. So. And then, uh, so now you're working on topics related with LSCAT. Yes. Uh, so yeah. what is, was your idea? Because I remember you started this already from your master project, right? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, LSCAT has existed now already for quite a long time, right? I think maybe 10 years already. Yeah, probably. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, well, LSCAT was, was started with, a, with a certain. Uh, idea and idea in mind and it served us of course very well mm -hmm. but at some point um you outgrow um mm -hmm. what you built and so there were you know 
a lot of things that we wanted to improve on AlexCAD or that in initially other people wanted to improve on AlexCAD and then I came into the picture. Um, yeah, so the idea was a, a, actually to build a completely new data platform under mm -hmm. the banner of AlexCAD um, that treats some of these problems that we had um, that yeah, we have yeah. now or had before. Okay. And that's and that's one aspect, right? And then of course, then you can do all kinds of interesting things with the data. Uh, so for my project personally, it will probably also involve uh, some machine learning. Mm -hmm. uh, but the first step is really structuring this data and working on uh, AlexCAD, but also maybe on chemistry data, for example. Okay, so this is uh, okay. Really interesting. Okay, maybe we will discuss a bit more in detail some of this topic mm -hmm. you mentioned. It's also um, let me start maybe saying why do you think LSCAT is important for the plasma community? Yeah, um, I think LSCAT, uh, and I think I'm I'm right to say so, is one of the most important data platforms in in low temperature plasma yeah. physics. Um, it has grown to be one of the most important, um, and it is one of the very few places where you can actually get data that you need to do a plasma simulation, right? Then in, in this case, yeah. it's specifically data related to um, uh, charged particles interacting with a neutral okay. particle. Um, so for example, cross sections that you need for a Boltzmann uh, computation to do your electron kinetics, but we also have swarm parameters. Mm -hmm. Uh, potentials, differential cross-sections, and so on. Um, so I, I think in general, it's just one of the very few places where we share this data with one another. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why it's so very important. It has grown to yeah. be so very important. Yeah, I agree. In fact, uh, you know, from, you know, modeling perspective, from someone doing modeling, I cannot, I cannot imagine doing modeling without LSCAT, right? So I've mm. started with this platform and now it's... Uh, well, it's also part of my every everyday use, so I totally, mm. I totally agree with you. So and then, um, so I would like to do make a sort of detour, maybe think about uh, because you, you mentioned very interesting concepts and so on. I've also read uh, a very nice paper recently by colleagues uh, Luis Albes and so on about the standards in plasmas, right? And mm -hmm. I would like uh, just to discuss with you and to chat a little bit. Uh, why do you think we need uh, like standards in plasmas? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking specifically about uh, data or sharing data or mm -hmm. even in models. Uh. Yeah, I think there are many reasons why yeah. you would want to, uh, to standardize. Mm -hmm. um, um, but one of the main things, and that's also one of the main pillars that, that we are trying to improve in, trying to work on is, uh, of course, reproducibility of results. Yeah, true. Um, right. And on the one hand, you have um, the, the, the actual codes, the simulation tools that you use to obtain your results. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, you have the, the input data. Mm -hmm. um, and this is, of course, the thing that we are initially um, initially working on. Yeah. Um, so essentially standardizing your data or your data format allows us to communicate your data in a more effective mm -hmm. way. And it also allows us to, for example, start building sort of an ecosystem of tools around it, right? These can be practical tools, these can be simulation yeah, tools, uh, but also educational tools, um, yeah, true, true. for example. Yeah. So these are all reasons why you might might want to uh, uh, might want to standardize, but but maybe also um, standardizing a data format forces you to think about what mm -hmm. is really important, 
Yeah, this is very good. I, I really like this uh, this comment actually. <laughs> me too. Because, <laughs> yeah, because uh, yeah, because it, it, you know, for, for me, it's ask. It's easy to ask you. Yeah, just build a new platform that has uh, different functionality and so on. But then mm -hmm. you can ask back. Okay, but which information do you really need, right? Because if I need to build a, another platform, right, that is different than the previous one. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you need as a model, for example, or as someone who interprets experiments? So, it's a very difficult yeah, question. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Another point uh, it came up uh, in the you know discussion we had also at conferences is mm -hmm. also to have a good referencing of the sources, right? And I think this is also what your work helps uh, Definitely. to reference the good work that provided this data. Yeah. And, and this is across the board, right? So this is from the people that initially measured or computed, maybe the individual cross sections to the people that put them together uh, and published them as a set, maybe mm -hmm. to, yeah. uh, to Alex Cat itself. Um, and also making sure that um, it is reproducible through, I mean, we will see in the in the demonstration, but making sure that it's also uh, reproducible and that the correct citation is given, such that the data is um, yeah, yeah. easy to be obtained by someone else. Okay. Yes. Uh, and regarding some uh, scientific uh, questions, uh, of course, uh, here it comes uh, the problem again. Uh, th there are some things that, in my opinion, are not completely solved uh, partially also because we work in different type of applications right that is normal that there is variety in our community mm -hmm. but it's like for example i don't know do we need the angular dependence on the cross section so is it really important to have this differential cross section or uh, mm -hmm. do we need to know exactly the quantum state of the molecules for example or, or the atoms it's like because yeah. this changes dramatically i think how you build your platform i suppose yes um and I mean, course... it's not a question to you, of course. <laughs> yeah, I mean, expect, but... <laughs> I'm not going to give you all the answers now. Uh, Luca, to to but... think together about these topics, uh, of course. Yes. So, so one of the things that I think we we try to do is to mm -hmm. um, be flexible in a way. To, yeah. So to make okay. technical choices, which result in that in the future, if we if we are certain, like we need this angular dependence, then we can be flexible and. Uh, mod modify the platform in such a way that this is now a possibility. Yes. Um, so this, these are things that we try to keep in mind to hopefully, um, you know, not get into a situation again, maybe where we need to make a, a drastic change. And but okay. of course, we 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 might have to. It's you never know what's going to happen. But yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And related to the tools uh, that you mentioned, mm -hmm. how do you see this developing? For example, in terms of model, I know LSCAT already integrates some tools. I so think about the BOSI class, right? Yep. Do you yep. think there will be more models that uh, um, are, are supported or that are, you know, re recommended? Well, recommended. That's uh, <laughs> they use a word that I yeah. <laughs> I cannot ah, use as a member of the Alaska team. <laughs> but um, I think so. Yes, but this might be in, through different means, right? Mm -hmm. So, so Bolsic Plus has always been available as part, let's say, of of Alaskat, of the Alaskat website, uh, and it still is, also in a new version. Mm -hmm. Um, but in the way we, we set up the platform, it's now also a lot easier for other tools to be integrated. Yeah, I see. And um, this can be either 
as part of AlexCAD, and there's still discussion going on on whether we want to do this, and because the tools, of course, need to be verified to some extent. Um, and on the other hand, also as standalone applications, so as a separate yeah. web application, for example, that talks to AlexCAD um, and can also function um, similarly, but not within the scope of AlexCAD, but right outside. Um, yeah, yeah. So you can take data from LSCAD, for example, put it in this code and reproduce these results that are maybe published uh, yes. somewhere. I think so. And uh, this is a topic I, I quite care about. I was also discussing with Jacob uh, to mm -hmm. try to expose ourselves uh, in terms of assumptions that also we make in the model. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, for example, already the type of cross-section that you choose within LSCAT it's already part of assumptions of uh, your model, right? Yeah. And so, and this is part of all this uh, standardization of processes of data, of developments that we we were discussing about, I think. Yes, and, and I think we, we can still do a lot here. So um, yeah. what we've done up till now is just to, to provide a foundation mm -hmm. and to, uh, with the knowledge that the LSCAT team has gained over the years, Mm -hmm. uh, make the changes that we feel necessary. But then I think together with all of the community, we need to do a lot of iterations in expanding yeah. this this format, right? Expanding this standardization. Uh, because I think we can do a lot better still mm -hmm. in objectively classifying our data. So validity ranges, for example, oh, in, true, in, true. so yeah. for different parameters in which the, the data is valid, but also specifying more explicitly, um, for example, with what method methods data has been validated mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and and I think we yeah there's still a long way to go here <laughs> yeah yeah of course of course okay so let's maybe talk a bit more concretely you know mm -hmm. what do you think are the issues or you know things that can be changed in the current LSCAT platform right um, so there, there's a num there's a number of things of course yeah, yeah. Um, in, in my presentations, I always like to do this along three axes. Like you, okay. yeah, I think you've seen maybe yeah. my, my presentation multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I, I always like to, go, to think about um, the, the data format that we use, right? So how do we structure our data? Mm -hmm. um, how do we store our data? And yeah. then how do we allow users to interact with our data? And I think we can improve in, in all three of these areas. Um, but I mean, originally, I think AlexCAT was built with sort of this idea of complete sets in mind, yeah. right? So usually these are relatively small data sets that maybe contain three cross sections and that allow you uh, when you use a, a two-term Boltzmann solver to get good, mm -hmm. good results for your, for your swarm parameters. Yeah. And it, it was, it was built in such a way to, to support these types of data. And of course this was sort of evolving at the same time as, as, um, or in line with POSIC plus, I should say, right? So the, the, mm -hmm. the, the input format is essentially, true. so the cross-section format is essentially the POSIC plus input format, right? Yeah, true. And there are simply some restrictions there. Mm -hmm. um, so we can, first of all, structure our data in a more uh, standard way, I would mm -hmm. say. So using a standardized data format, you can think about mm -hmm. JSON or YAML or TOML or XML yeah. or whatever we have these days. Mm -hmm. um, 
and then you can you can go one step further and you can think about schema so explaining okay. or, or creating some sort of a blueprint of what the data is allowed to mm -hmm. is allowed to look like right so what each of the fields means for example mm -hmm. so there are some improvements that we can do here um which i think you will also indirectly see in the, okay. in the demonstration mm -hmm. um and but doing this um so for example one of one of the concrete things that we can we can talk about is how we identify states, right? States of mm -hmm. different species. Mm -hmm. And in current LXCAT, we, we allow everything essentially. It's just that mm -hmm. contributors can choose an okay. arbitrary string to identify an excited state. Mm -hmm. But of course, as physicists, we already, <laughs> you know, we, we made some, some rules about how we specify these, these excited mm -hmm. states and uh, what, what quanta we use, for example. Mm -hmm. um, and we can be a little more strict here. Um, on the other hand, we cannot always be uh, completely strict. We don't always know yeah. what the exact state yeah. is. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you know the the Argon star example, the helium yeah, star true, true. example. But also simply because sometimes you know cross sections are being derived with different methods, right? Sometimes you mm -hmm. can measure cross section for a single process, like with beam experiments. But sometimes you will derive cross section from swarm analysis. So what mm -hmm. you get is a magnitude of the total cross section, right? And yep. simply you cannot distinguish individual states, individual processes yes. for excitation. Or... Yeah. yeah, and so both both need to be supported in some okay. way. And this, I see. You, yeah. you need to take care of this. Okay. Um, yeah, and then doing this, so structuring your data uh, uh -huh. a lot better also results in that you need different solutions for how you store your data. I see. Uh, but it also opens a lot of opportunities, for example, in how you allow people to interact and explore mm -hmm. uh, the data. And in terms of, uh, you know, okay, maybe here we need a little bit more background because it's very technical what you do. It's yes. just, uh, can you explain the difference in the type of database that you have chosen in the new version with respect to the old one? Right. Um, so in the, in the current version of LXCAT, um, we use MySQL, which okay. is a, an, a relational database, as we call it. I think most people will be familiar with this. It's yeah. like sort of like the, the standard type of database where we have tables and yes. relations between these tables and we can query it using SQL. Okay. Um, and these databases, they are very optimized because they have been used for, for a very long time. Mm -hmm. But when we go towards data sets that are very heterogeneous, so they have data okay. that uh, can has a very different structure between different objects. These databases are not generally the best fit. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then you will have to start looking uh, under the umbrella of what we call NoSQL, which is essentially mm -hmm. every type of database except for relational databases or SQL databases, if you will. Mm -hmm. And there are many different choices here, um, but. Yeah, we chose a specific database. It's called ArangoDB. It's open source. You can look it uh -huh. up, um, which is what they call a multi-model database. It's, it's all still very technical, uh, Luca. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but it's fine. It's fine. Okay, okay. So, so essentially, a, a multi-model database sort of picks features okay. from different database paradigms. And mm -hmm. in our case, we were really looking for two things. On the one hand, we were looking for a database that could, could work natively with the document format that we chose, which is mm -hmm. JSON, yeah. JavaScript object notation. And on the other hand, um, we wanted a database that would allow us to model 
some parts of our data as a graph. So nodes and edges. I see, I see. Okay. And Because this is, that's... uh, yeah, you know, kind of, you, you want to describe, and maybe also in the future we discuss also very in, much interconnected data, you know, with Yes. this, uh, yeah. If you think about reaction networks, for example, Yes, exactly. right? So Yeah. uh, essentially states linked together through reactions. Um, yeah, there are very in interesting questions that you can ask such a database, especially when we go to, to full chemistries and uh, the shortest path connecting um, weighted with whatever, connecting two species, for example, in a, in a specific chemistry that you selected Yeah, and, and stuff like that. This is what allows what a graph database allows you to do. yeah. Mm -hmm. I see. And it might also be a, a little more uh, efficient for some of the, the type of queries that we, that we want to do. Okay. And uh, regarding the format, well, you, you already mentioned the uh, JSON. Uh, is there like specific uh, uh, reason why choosing JSON over, I don't know, XML or some, some other ones? Yeah, so um, I think many choices would have been okay. Yeah, I think so. Okay. <laughs> uh, we we chose chose JSON specifically because it's <laughs> it's very well integrated in the in the web environment. okay. Uh, it's it's relatively easy to read, but it's it's very easy to parse, and it has a very big ecosystem of tools surrounding uh, surrounding it. So if I want to write a parser in, in if I need a parser for JSON in any programming language, essentially you can, uh, it, it will already exist. And then there's also many of these other tools that surround uh, JSON, such as, um, for example, JSON schema, right? Which is this meta language that allows you to describe what, what your objects are allowed to look like. And, and this is, I think this was the main, um, the main uh, aspect why we chose, why we chose JSON. Okay, okay. And talking again about uh, these databases, please uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, one of these problems that was uh, striking me when I saw the, you know, the current LSCAT version is this multitude uh, of uh, different, uh, how do you say, uh, species of different, uh, you, you know, at, at some point you have cross-section for different excited states and these are tagged uh, in, a, in a very different way that you can select. But it's very difficult also to realize, oh, there are also, I don't know, rotationally resolved cross-section, and I have to click on that to retrieve them. It's not immediate, let's say. It's probably one of the limitations of these relational databases. Uh, am I correct? Or? Mm -hmm. Um, yes, uh, uh, but it also really has to do with how, how we structure the data itself, Yes, okay. that some of these, these relations might not be explicit in the data Yeah, and therefore yeah, we exactly. cannot leverage them in the front end. So structuring your data in, in, a, in a nice way, in a good way, and then storing your data in a good way results in that you can leverage all of the relations that are implicitly present in your data when you present it to, to the user. Okay, very good. So, okay, I think this gives me a very good assist to move to actually a live demonstration. Before moving that, I would say, well, first of all, if you can share the screen and let's see if everything works properly. And second is that, of course, we are recording this in the summer of 2023. Uh, it's uh, end of July now, so maybe the episode will be released uh, soon after a few weeks. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, this is a project that is... Uh, you know, it's work in progress and things may change in the next few months even or even a few weeks. So Definitely. this is uh, w one of the first uh, recorded uh, demonstration that we had, right? right? 
Oh, I think so. Yes. Um, we we've already presented some of this work to yes, um, yes, of course. contributors, for example. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't think we might not have a, a public um, recorded demonstration. Yes, exactly. So, but I think this is also very useful to get interest from the people to your work in general, to get used to this new platform that you're building and so on. Mm -hmm. So, okay, please, uh, you, you can start your demonstration, maybe showing us some relevant examples and so on, and how you structure the data, how you can retrieve the data and so on. Right. So, yes. Yeah, so exactly what, what I want to do here is just look at it from a, a user perspective. Mm -hmm. So to just go through all the steps of selecting my data and you know, exploring what data is there and then inspecting the data. Uh, and I can also show you an, a preliminary BOSIC uh, calculation in the, in the browser. Mm -hmm. um, but what you see on screen now, you, you can see the screen, right, Luca? Yes, yes, perfect. Great. Um, so what you see on screen now is essentially the development environment of, of LXCAT 3, what we, mm -hmm. what we call the next generation of, of LXCAT. Um, and what I can do is I can go to uh, this cross-sections page. And what you should know is that in this version of LSCAT, we started by focusing on cross-sections. Mm -hmm. So all the data that you're going to see here is uh, our cross-sections. And of course, in the future, we are planning on expanding again to potentials and all the other types of data that, yeah, yeah. Um, that we have. First of all, sorry if I interrupt, because maybe something you will talk about. I really like uh, you divide the cross-section and cross-section sets. So this ah, is something, yes. you know, as someone doing modeling, it's like I'm, like, I'm amazed by this already. <laughs> because it's very useful. No, no, it's very useful, right? Already, you know, and I do it myself, uh, sometimes mix a cross-section from different sources. For example, I wanted to have an internal excitation or stepwise excitation ionization, mm -hmm. and I take it from BSR database, and the other ones I take it from Phelps database, but they're maybe derived in a very different way, right? Yes. Whereas here, you provide the sets already. Okay, sorry, <laughs> it was yes. just a yeah. comment. You, yeah, you have to be very careful when you're combining yeah. combining data like that. Of course, as you will as you will know, um, but maybe I can show you as well. That this is also something that we can now because all of this information is explicitly in the data. We can also warn about this, right? When you are combining data from complete sets and incomplete sets, for example. Exactly, and this is a feature that was missing, in my opinion, in the previous version. Although you can retrieve the same data, probably. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, let's, please. let's go. So uh, essentially what I have in front of me here is, is sort of a template of the reaction that I'm interested in, right? So I have a left-hand side of the reaction, the right-hand side, and then I can choose the type of reaction that I'm interested in. And then on the right-hand side here, we have, uh, do you see my cursor? I think. Yes. Yes. Right? I can see. Okay. Great. Uh, on the right-hand side, we have uh, mm -hmm. essentially all of the, the contributors uh, of which the data is currently in the test set. So this is also something that I should mention. All the data that you see here is our testing data. Mm -hmm. um, so it is not necessarily uh, been checked very thoroughly, but this is just the set to test whether all of the systems that we put in place actually work, right? Yeah, whether yeah. The, the choices that we made actually make sense as well. Mm -hmm. um, so I can essentially choose where, where I want to start, but maybe a logical choice is to start on the left-hand side and then to, to select uh, a species that I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. And here's one of the one of the new features uh, that you'll immediately see that we sort of have this stepwise selection of the species that I'm interested in. Then I can sort of drill down into um, more and more into the into the into the specifics, right? Oh, so yeah. if I take, for example, a, a molecule here, mm 
Let's start mm -hmm. with uh, with N2. Then immediately you'll see that I get results from three different data sets. They mm -hmm. are all from uh, IST Lisbon, as you see here on the left-hand side. And then what I can do is expand them. And this should seem pretty familiar, yeah. right? We have this description, which for now just literally comes from, from LXCAT because this data set was already published on LXCAT. Uh, and then I can inspect already what kind of processes I have mm -hmm. um, in this uh, data set. So you can see some electronic excitation, some vibrational excitation, mm -hmm. also some excitation that is both electronic yeah. and vibrational, um, and uh, an ionization reaction, for example. Mm -hmm. um, and so one of the things that I immediately want to highlight here is that you also see this, this uh, reference here. And everywhere on the new platform, what you'll see is that these references are clickable. So if I click on this reference, I will be brought to the original publication that presented this data set in this case. But this is also true for the references that point to the original sources of the data, for example. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, then what I can do is, for example, on the on the left-hand side, you know, we only have data for the electronic ground state, ground state of nitrogen, as you see here, so that's my mm -hmm. only option. But then I can also start selecting uh, a specific mm -hmm. vibrational state that I'm interested in. Yeah. Right. So if I if I click the vibrational ground state, then you'll see that in my selection here, only interactions with the vibrational ground state on the left hand side remain. Mm -hmm. And we we have two sets left that have this type of information. Mm -hmm. And then of course I can go even further and also select a specific rotationally excited state that I'm interested in. Then you see that only one interaction remains, this one. Mm -hmm. um, and in this way, I can really specify in which exact species or interaction I'm interested in. This is, of course, especially um, interesting also with with state-to-state -state data. Yes, yes. Um, by the way, just feel free to to interrupt me. Uh, uh, no, 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 please. Uh, that, no, no. That's <laughs> actually one of the important things, uh, as you mentioned about this referencing is to know how these uh, cross-sections have, have been derived. Mm. Because this is something that sometimes, uh, you know, we as a modeler neglect a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, it's very important. Uh, do this come from swarm uh, analysis, from, you know, beam experiment, quantum mechanical calculation, or so on. And I yep. think this can help uh, also us uh, to you know, assess which type of assumption we are making model. Yeah. Yes. I mean, this will definitely help with that in that you can very easily find uh, the paper that originally exactly, uh, published yeah. the, the data. And of course, if you read the paper, you will know where the data came from. Mm -hmm. But then I, again, I think we can we can do a little bit better here and already, um, you know, add a property to our data. Some, a mm -hmm. bit of metadata that already That's tells true. you yeah. um, where this where this data, uh, how this data was originally obtained. Uh, but so, that's... Uh, Yes. yes, please. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> no, so then, then, then you should this uh, sort of state-to-state -state type of approach, but it will also be possible, I think, to have uh, some lumped states, so a, yep. a bit more generic. Yes. So uh, essentially, we we um, distinguish three different types of states. Right. We have single states, so the states that we've been looking at, so that are that have a, a good quantum mechanical description. Let's say mm -hmm. um, we have. Uh, compound states, which is essentially lumped states, but we know exactly of which single states they consist. Mm -hmm. And then we have what we call sort of unspecified states, which are lumped states, and we don't know uh, mm -hmm. what the constituent states are. And I can show you an example of this. So 
again, in, in nitrogen, you can already see this, where we have this interaction. Um, uh, for example, this one, where we have sort of this V equal five or six or seven or eight or nine, mm -hmm. which is a lumped state, but we know exactly um, which of the, um, what are its constituent states. And then, of course, we also have the, uh, the example of, of um, argon star, for example. So if we look here, we also oh, still have this, mm -hmm. this notion. So sort of this escape hatch that if we don't know what are the constituent states of this, of this uh, lumped state, um, we, get, we are still allowed to use a star, for example, to indicate, okay, this is um, a, a more unspecified type of state. Okay, okay. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, and another thing I uh, was curious to ask, uh, maybe this is also part of future work, uh, is integration with other codes. Uh, now there are specifically about uh, electron Boltzmann equation, several codes that are open source. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know that in some way, LSCAT was also built around Bolsic Plus in the future. I'm wondering if there will be integration to, I don't know, Loki B or some other codes as well. Yes, and, and we are actually also working on this. Um, so there is a version of Loki B that can already work with, mm -hmm. uh, with this new, new data. But in the end, what it's about is that all of the work that we do now is completely open source. So this is also one of the things I wanted to share. I can very quickly hop over to the to the GitHub page that I already have open here very conveniently. Yes. All of the work that we do on the development of LXCAT is open source. Mm -hmm. um, so what we also sort of want to achieve is that um, people are invited to contribute to, to LXCAT. Mm -hmm. And that can also be through, for example, working on an open source tool and mm -hmm. allowing that tool to be able to work with the, with the data that comes from LXCAT. Um, yeah, so this is definitely one of the things that we are working on. Also from another perspective, because it's just simply very important to have multiple carrier applications that you can test all of your changes against, right? To, to yeah. verify whether maybe some choices that you made in how you structure your data are actually um, uh, practically, you know, feasible mm -hmm. or useful. Okay. Okay. Yes. And in fact, uh, I think this is very interesting because it connects with the standardization that we discussed before, right? Mm -hmm. So you mm -hmm. made uh, your work uh, open source and you made it easy or attractive for people in the community to contribute. And I think this will help also of getting like good quality data and, uh, you know, eventually set of cross sections or reaction mechanism and so on that are well established, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hope so. And on the other hand, also um, sort of take some of the burden, <laughs> let's say, from the LXCAT team, yeah. um, because it takes a lot of work to maintain all this, right? And also to develop mm -hmm. something uh, something like like LXCAT. And this yeah, yeah. is a way to attract, uh, hopefully, this is a way to attract more people because open sourcing alone, of course, isn't enough, right? You need yeah, you also yeah. need uh, uh, documentation, you need some sort of, uh, of PR, and then you also need educational content that allows yeah, people to, to hop on board. Mm -hmm. um, so there's more to this, but yeah, actually we may discuss about that actually, and maybe ah. later on. So that's very interesting that you brought. Okay, so th this is essentially the how the new platform will uh, look like. Um, yes. Yeah. 
Do, do you want to add some other uh, other topics or some other announcements and so on? Or so what uh, are the next steps uh, of your work? Ah, okay, yeah. Well, what I can do is is I can um, show you some of the other pages as well. So mm -hmm. to to finish the demonstration a little bit yes. more, and then we can we can talk a, a bit more about uh, what the what the next steps are. Yes, perfect. Um, well, maybe one more thing that I want to show also mm -hmm. with this selection of states is mm -hmm. um, we. More and more, we get these very, very intricate uh, quantum mechanically computed data sets yeah, right? that are, that, that are state nice. to state. And I, this is an ex a great example, I think. It's a, it's a state by or a set by, by Liam Scarlett, which is published in 2021. And it's completely vibrationally resolved for the hydrogen molecule. Yeah. And this is a huge data set, right? It has 5,000 reactions and about four or 500 species. Mm -hmm. And in the current version of LXCAT, we wouldn't be able to host this simply because of how we structure the data and how we present it to, to the user. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but now you can really uh, see where this sort of new interface shines. I can also select based on the right-hand side. And what I can do is, for example, say that I'm interested in a, a specific uh, vibrational mm -hmm. target state, and then a, f a specific electronically excited state on the right-hand side. And you can see that now four of these interactions remain that specifically on the left-hand side where we have the vibrational ground state and on the right-hand side, we have a very specific electronically excited state. So this really allows us to sort of um, explore this very large data set and find the data that I'm, that I'm specifically interested in. But on the other hand, of course, we still have, and I already showed this very briefly, we still have this uh, this notion of a complete set, mm -hmm. uh, a set of cross sections, which, for example, might be fitted to experimentally obtained uh, swarm parameters, mm -hmm. and this is also this is also still supported. So, sort of, we, we sort of bridge the gap between, on the one hand, this more traditional way of um, you know providing these data sets, and on the other hand, these these larger state to state uh, cross sections, and both are well. Equally important, I would say, <laughs> and 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 both are both are supported in this way. Yeah, yeah, okay, this is great actually. Yes. Um, now maybe let's let's quickly look at um, the data inspection page. So now I select a specific nitrogen data set from from IC Lisbon, then I can mm -hmm. click on this plot selection button, and mm -hmm. this is what the what the data inspection page currently looks like. So. I think what the, the most important thing here is, is again related to reproducibility and on the other hand, referencing, right? So you can, for example, in the top right table with all the, uh, all the processes, you can see that we clearly, very clearly state uh, from which references um, this data comes from. And these, the references are in this, this table down here. And again, all of the links are clickable, so you can actually find the, the original papers. And then we go one step further where you are, can immediately download all of the references that are attributed to this data set. So that, so that includes the references that are uh, coupled to specific processes, right? that are the source of the data, that includes the reference where this data set was published, that includes a reference to Alex Cat, and that includes a reference to this exact page that I have in front of me right now, such that in the future, uh, if someone else wants to reproduce, for example, my mm -hmm. results, want to obtain my data that I used at some point in the past when I published this, uh, this paper, we'll be able to find very, very easily. Yeah, yeah. I um, think this may improve also, you know, the quality of the papers uh, themselves because uh, you obtain results of a model with this set of cross-section. You know exactly where the cross-section are coming from. 
uh, yes. with all the all the references are appropriate. So it's a really nice feature, I think. Yeah. I, I think so too, and and I hope it will improve the the, the quality of paper. Not not that the quality of papers is bad currently, but <laughs> no no no, this is not <laughs> what I'm better, saying. Of course, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, but then what you can do is you can download these references, for example, in in different formats. And essentially, these are just two examples. We have this BibTeX format that you can immediately paste into a, a LaTeX document for a paper that you're writing. And RAS is a format that is more often used in in Microsoft tools, for example. And then we want to couple this to a feature where we can essentially export the table that you see in the top right also in different formats. So for example, also in a LaTeX format. And what this yeah. does is that you essentially I only have to click two buttons. I have to paste some text two times and then immediately I have all the correct references in my paper yeah. and they are correctly mentioned in uh, the paper itself as well. Okay. Um, so that makes it very, very easy to correctly reference uh, all the data that you obtain from uh, from MXNet. Okay. okay, this is uh, really interesting, yes. Okay, so then it, one other thing I want to highlight, on the one hand, we have this, this reference part, and on the other hand, we have this reproducibility part. So the idea is that um, in the future, you'll have one link that points exactly to the data that you selected at, at that mm -hmm. point in time. And you can just share that with your with your colleagues, and when they use that link, they get they they see the exact same page that, that you saw um, when you mm -hmm. were doing your experiments. And this should hopefully help, you know, reproducibility of of results uh, by yeah, by yeah. a great margin. And that's what this copy permalink button is for. So if I click this link, mm -hmm. a link is copied to my to my clipboard, and I can show you that okay. if I now paste this. I get to the exact same page. Mm -hmm. And also when, when versions of the data are updated, so when a contributor uh, makes some changes to one of the data items that you see on this page, mm -hmm. this link will still point to this exact data. So not to oh, the this is, data, okay. Yes. yes, but to this exact data, which is of course crucial. Right for for reproducibility of uh, of results. Yes, yes. Is uh, the same way you know when we develop a code that we have version controller, right? That we can yes. uh, go back in time uh, to the exact version that we use to produce the results. And this very cool feature. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So that's also one of the big things that is underlying a lot of this is the is the way in in which we version the data, so to say. So in the in the current LXCAT, we have we have this feature called the time machine where mm -hmm. you literally just sort of go back in time and yeah. you can view LSCAT as it was in 2015 okay. or so. <laughs> and in the in the new version, we want to improve on this and actually attach, mm -hmm. mostly exactly like version control, attach a version to each specific data oh. item um, that is then yeah. Yeah, tracked through, uh, through time. Um, okay, then what I can still show you is... Uh, is a little Boltzmann uh, calculation. Mm -hmm. So the interface okay. that you see here is is very preliminary, um, but it, it's always you know nice to see some uh, some lines being generated. So mm -hmm. let's let's quickly do that. Yeah, yeah, because this is anyway still also used uh, largely by the community. So these tools uh, will mm -hmm. be provided as well in the new platform. Uh, I think it's important to mention that. Yep, I think so too. So and what you see here, for example, in this in this Gasmol fractions box, is that um, we can do, we can be a little bit smarter here because we actually know that this this mole fraction of the vibrational ground state, of course, is related to the mole, mole fraction of the electronic mm -hmm. ground state. Yeah, true. And we can change the interface to reflect this. We don't okay. do that right now, but that's of course something that we can still. Yeah, do. yeah. So, so you preserve normalization, for example, uh, within one state, uh, things like that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. 
Um, oh, <laughs> I need to input oh, yeah. the number of mm -hmm. steps. And this is, uh, um, sorry, uh, Borsig Plus? Uh, this is, yes, this is Borsig Plus. Okay. Right, let's. Okay. It's taking, taking a bit of time, but. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay, so here maybe let's describe a little bit uh, also from the viewers that are seeing this thing appearing. So what, what are you calculating and what is plotted here? Right, so um, I'm calculating the electron energy distribution function, mm -hmm. which is calculated using Boltzwick Plus, which is a, um, a, a Boltzmann solver that uses the, the two-term approximation for the electron Boltzmann equation. And essentially, uh, this is only one of the outputs of Boltzwick Plus, so that's also why I say yeah. that this interface is very preliminary, because, of course, we're also interested in uh, the swarm parameters that we can calculate using this electron energy distribution function such as diffusion coefficients, mobilities, and, and so on. Mm -hmm. um, but that's what you see what you see here. <clears throat> and of course, also a legend is still missing. So this is the electron energy distribution function. So in mm -hmm. nitrogen, so this data set that we selected um, for different values of um, the reduced electric field. Exactly, e exactly. So from, uh, I think, 10,000 until 200,000, yes, uh, right? Yes. There is this, exactly. And uh, then here there are different uh, parameters as well. And yeah, each curve, as Dan mentioned, is one electron energy distribution function for a value of reduced electric field. So this is a very nice feature, yes. Yeah. OK. Yeah, and I think this is what I want. What I what I, what I wanted to show you for now. And I actually like uh, if you can add, uh, you know, this uh, thing uh, to have a normalization, or you know, of, uh, mm -hmm. vibrational or rotational distribution function that are present in some codes, but uh, maybe mm -hmm. uh, it's nice to have yes. it also in the online version. I think. Yes, definitely, and of of course, um, yeah, it it is. We we can be a little smarter even where we can mm -hmm. assign sort of a population distribution of course yeah. to vibrational yeah. substates of, a, of an electronic state but and this is something that will benefit loki the list mechanistic yeah, yeah of course of course example. yeah yeah okay okay uh thank you uh, so so maybe we can continue um okay so if the demonstration is finished maybe i can continue mm -hmm. with some more questions because i have some still some curiosities to ask mm-hmm of course. Should we... I stop sharing? Uh, yes, yes. Okay. Well, th this was uh, really great, actually. And I would like to discuss uh, some of the future work that you are planning, uh, right? Because, for example, one of these things of referencing or having the source of a in any collisional process that you include is great. But it's also a great challenge, right? I, I work myself with cross-section sets and I have no clue where this cross-section come from, right? So I think translating this to the old platform, to the new platform, it would be also very difficult, right? So what's your yes. plan about that? And what are, in general, your next steps? Right. Um, so what we are currently working very hard at is to get some sort of public beta version out there. Such okay. that people can, you know, start using it, and we get the feedback that we need to develop it even further. Mm -hmm. And this is so. There are two main challenges here, and and one of the challenges you already mentioned, which is converting the data from the from the old format, um, um, which is a bit. Uh, so this is this is this is a hard thing to do because essentially we go from a from a low uh, information dense format to a very high information dense format, and yeah. of course we need to be absolutely certain that we don't lose any 
physical um yeah. you know information in during this conversion and also that we don't add anything uh, because i mean <laughs> that's true exactly because yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um this, so, is, this is why I was asking, you know, about this lamp state and so on, because you cannot label uh, states that are not present, right? If some cross-section have been derived yes. in another way, you cannot uh, yes. attribute, uh, you cannot that's use true. a state-to-state -state approach. That's true. No, no, definitely that's true. And and that's why that's why we've, we've um, sort of developed this structure in which it's still possible to use this escape hatch and say, yeah, no, yeah. this is Argon star. We, we simply don't yeah. know any better, um, which I think is, of very important for low temperature plasma physics. <clears throat> All right, so so one of the things that we are also now working on then is data conversion. But the 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 issue with it is that, or issue, the result is that we need to manually look at all of yeah. the data that we are going to be converting. Mm -hmm. And it is quite a bit. So essentially what we're working on now is is sort of a, a workflow. Yeah, in like which, a pipeline. Uh, uh, to, yes, to yes, in which we can do a bulk of the work automatically, and then we need someone to look at it to to finish the finish the work. And of course, uh, it also needs to be validated in multiple ways. For example, we have Boltzmann solvers that can use both the legacy or the current format, the mm -hmm. current LXCAT format, and the new format. And for the same data and the same exact parameters using the different formats, they have to get the same the same results. For example, right? So these are tests yeah. that we need to do before actually. Uh, making the data public. Yeah, but and, uh, this is, I think, uh, one of the things you mentioned before. Uh, this is why I think LSCAT uh, should not be really one individual contribution or contribution from a restricted group of people, but a community effort, I think, especially. Yes. And, and this is why also I hope in a minimum part, you know, this podcast also will help to attract people. You know, this is the reason why we are doing it. Uh, we are spending our yeah. time, I, I hope. <laughs> no, that would be, that would, that would be absolutely great. Yeah, we, we can use, you know, help in a lot of ways because of course the LXCAT team is always looking for data contributors on one hand, but, and up till now it has always been very hard to attract people for, for other jobs, right? To, mm -hmm. to develop a, a small part of LXCAT, for example, also because of the way it is set up and um, there's no clear uh, documentation that we can share. It's not open source. And those are also things that we are, you know, trying to do and hoping to yeah, yeah. be a little yeah. more open to, uh, and in terms of your work, like, uh, let's say, immediate next steps, uh, is there something you are looking at, even like incremental improvements? Uh, what are you working on? Um, if I may ask, yes. if it's not a secret. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not, a, it's not a secret. We've already <laughs> presented some of this as well. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so immediate, immediate things that we are working on, we are always working to refine sort of the, the schemas that we've currently defined. So that's something that, that I'm um, working on right now. There's still many things on the on the development side, you know, the web development side, mm -hmm. but maybe more interesting is uh, sort of the expansion to uh, to chemistry, right? Ah, to true, also true. incorporate exactly. uh, incorporate neutral chemistry, for example. So heavy, heavy interactions. Um, because essentially this platform was already built with that in mind. Mm -hmm. So it should, um, very easily be able to be adapted to also support this type of data. And that's what we're working on right now. So we're working on defining the first, the initial schemas uh, that can be used to, to uh, define chemistry data essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and that uh, will then be expanded into also, you know, yeah, yeah. updating the, 
database a, and website. Yeah, it's a very, very interesting idea, as you know, to have a, a sort of also set of reaction mechanism for a specific type of application in a specific regime. It would yep. be very interesting, also very challenging, I think. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> uh, but um, it's a, it's a, it's a good, uh, good step forward, I would say, of the whole community if we go in that direction. So. But I think it would just be because you are probably familiar with with the struggle that is, um, especially present if you go towards chemistry, where it yeah, is, also it is, reproducibility. I mean, not yes, just uh, yes. yes, yes. It is simply very hard to even get the data correct, mm -hmm. right? Only the data part. We're not even talking about the simulation itself, mm -hmm. but just to extract yeah. uh, the exact data and and. Yeah, in fact, uh, you know, we started this episode saying in the beginning, what is the importance of LSCAT for our everyday use, right? If we make a model, we download the cross-section. I hope, you know, in some years from now, five, ten years, I don't know, also people will say the same for the chemistry part, right? Yeah, they, they, you know, I, I cannot imagine a world yeah. without a chemistry <laughs> database, right? So yeah, I hope that dream. people, you yeah. know, will not know about this struggle. So this is a good goal, yeah. I think. For yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's definitely uh, that's definitely the goal. And hopefully, in in the upcoming years, we already see a glimpse of this. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think big projects like these they need some uh, they need some time and and definitely also community effort, right? Mm -hmm. This is not something that we can do by ourselves. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe, okay, to conclude, you mentioned these educational tools. This was also one of the comments by Professor Stefan Reuter, Stefan Reuter if I'm mm -hmm. correct, yes. the ICPIG. So yeah. do you have something in mind, uh, you know, what, uh, which type of tools uh, the community may build in the future or can contribute, uh, for example? Right, so um, what we are already working on within Erexcat is sort of a, a list of topics on which we want to make videos. Okay. Just small videos that explain a very specific part of either plasma physics or Erexcat or uh, numerics or whatever mm -hmm. um, that are important to the whole um, Erexcat project and to low temperature plasma physics in general. Um, so of course you, you have that, but I'm also thinking about, I think Stefan was specifically talking about um, material like a presentation that can be used to introduce Erexcat to your students. Yeah, how to use um, the platform and so on. Yes, also. yes. yes. Um, so written, uh, that's mm -hmm. essentially written tutorial in a way. Uh, mm -hmm. But I'm also thinking of um, yeah, just more practical tools that you can use to interact mm -hmm. with LXCAT or to inspect that's data true. that comes from LXCAT that you can also maybe use in an educational setting. So mm -hmm. for example, we have a Python library that yeah, you can yeah. use. And we have a Python notebook, an example notebook of how you can extract some data from AlexCAD and then inspect uh, maybe uh, the threshold of a cross section or whatever, you know, just examples like these. And I think this is also a great way to, um, you know, create educational value. Yeah, very, very interesting. Because I was thinking, you know, the same about some like models, for example, if you have Monte Carlo simulation or fluid and so on, and you can have this type of educational tools like codes, yeah. To, for the students to learn, but uh, to interface these also with Velescat, it, it is, I think, an interesting idea, probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so th this is something that we've not really talked about now, but that, that is also possible, right, in the mm -hmm. new, yeah, of in, course, in the of new course. version of Velescat, to, to interface directly with Velescat. So for models to um, obtain their data by just talking to, to Velescat directly. Mm -hmm. um, and this is, of course, also where you could 
you know, think of such a Python notebook that that is just an example of how you can do this. Um, that might teach people of how to integrate this into yeah, their yeah, own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or have yeah, exactly. Some you know having some some libraries that are shared by the Plasma community and you implemented the different functionalities. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's 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 very yeah. very promising yeah. anyway. <laughs> but uh, okay. Uh, with this, uh, I think I would like to thank you very much, Dan. Uh, maybe, you know, if there will be important uh, progress and updates, we can keep in touch to make also some other videos eventually in the future. I would sure, uh, really yeah. appreciate it. And uh, with this, uh, yeah, thank you, thank you again for your time. And uh, I wish you the best for your future. And I'm really looking forward to see this LS Cut 3 actually <laughs> me appearing. <too>. Thank you, Luca, <laughs> for having me. <laughs> thank you.